Welcome to episode 141. As the Myelin and Melanin podcast is coming to a close, we wanted all of you to enjoy some of our favorite moments with Carlos Kareem Wyndham. Carlos has been the most frequent guest on the show, appearing 13 times. They guest co-hosted with me when we had the honor of being joined by Sonia Renee Taylor. They appeared on both of our party lines. They also appeared on two of our intimacy series. Overall, Carlos has lent his wisdom and all-around dopeness throughout the seasons, and we hope that you enjoy this look back at some of our favorite moments. Welcome to season four of the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We are two Black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Myelin Melanin. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. The clip you are about to listen to is from episode 36, and this was from our Beyond Montel Black Masculinity and MS series, and this was in season two. And what it is to live an authentic life. And as I look at my own journey through this, and I think about the places that I began and what I was walking around thinking about my physicality as an able, knowing that I was doing damage inadvertently, not only to myself and the stuff I was putting in, but in what I would put out, right? Like a lot of these people who had lost weight, I had to because of a doctor who was like, yo, you, you got a handle. And as I did, all the Instagram posts, all the cute little, oh, look at me working out, look at me getting fit, look at me doing anything I can to not be you, right? <laughs> That's the, like, how inhumane. Right. And to now find myself in this place where it's like being told directly by the doctors, yo, you better keep working out. And at the same time being like, okay, I want to inspire my community to to do what we can. And I don't want to be that jerk making people feel bad that they're not able to do what I can. And what's too much to share, what's not enough. And is, ugh, right? It's just really, really... I mean, there's so many variables in the community and there's so many lives to live. And the only thing that we can do is be authentic and be ourselves, and be vulnerable and allow people to see it and know that that full spectrum of how we show up is there. But being at what Abel's considered to be the lucky end of that spectrum comes with being in that dual mindset all the time of like, yo, do I talk about it? Do I represent it? Or do I be quiet, right? Because it's not really my place. I don't look like, I, like that poster y'all was talking about. Am I the face of MS? I don't know, right? But making that decision that like, nah, I'm doing right. this. This is who I am. I'm gonna live it. And, and I'm going to take the knowledge that I gained in my previous life as an able in terms of making sure that I'm not doing it from this place of shaming, but it's really from a place of like, yo, how do we build together? Because whatever we got is what you got. What are you doing with it today? 
Well, a couple of things. One, another A word, authentic. Authenticity mm-hmm. is something that I think we can add mm-hmm. to this whole little equation or, yes. you know, yes. acceptance, adjusting, adapting, being authentic. One thing. But another thing that I was thinking about when you had brought up, you know, just kind of the institutionalized way of being in the United States. So the Costco's and the sand, like that whole, I don't even want to know what you would call it, vacuum of, I don't know. But, and I'm not sure like how this, what you said that made this pop into my mind, but I think that we, and when I say we, I will, I'll talk about people who are chronically ill. We have been brainwashed to think that Mm being able-bodied is normal and that's how we should be yes an able body doesn't really mean anything so and i don we had talked about this another time so we i it bothers me to no end the ms stories that you hear about so and so has ms but she ran a 15,000 mile marathon triathlon or something yeah yeah exactly. exactly What does that, so is that what we should aspire to? Somebody who is able-bodied or like, is it better if I can run and walk, but my mind is shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, do those, you know what I mean? Like, so the able body is something that in the United States that we aspire to. Right. A you know what I mean? Weight, to have an able look. body. Exactly. Yes. yes, absolutely. And it's like we are, I mean, there's so much ableism yes. within the disability community yeah. that it's really shameful. It is. And there are some days when, I, and I'm going to now speak just for mm-hmm. an MS, as an MS patient, mm-hmm. I wake up and I go out in the world and I'm throwing on, you know, I have sweats and a t-shirt and, you know, my hair's all over. And I'm like, I don't, I feel like shit. I am not an able-bodied person. I am not this all, this person who has it all together. Yeah. I look quote normal, but I don't like my body is screaming and pulling at me from every direction. I'm not normal. I'm not, or what you deem as normal. I am not like, I'm going to have to use the handicap space because I'm not going to be able to walk too far into the, into target, you know? Um, and, and so I, I feel that, I feel that resistance of, you know, fighting against the world. You know what I mean? The world that sees you as, you know, looking okay. And me wanting to kind of stay there. Cause I do, I want it like, like Carlos said, I want to spoon, yeah. I want to spoon my pillow and just lay there. But here, here's another thing though. Don, we were talking uh, earlier before we started recording. It took me a long time to use a cane for the first time. Yes. Because knowing that in, in retrospect, it would have made my life so much easier, but I didn't want to use that cane because I would appear, you name it, weak, you know, whatever. We resist using those adaptive devices because uh, you're calling me out. You're calling me out. Body anymore. You know what I mean? 
But yeah, it's I mean, also vanity. Yeah. It's because I, I feel you. I was the same way. My friends were like, oh, just get your cane and let's go. And I would, mm-hmm. I purposely isolated myself from my friends and just hanging, mm-hmm. kind of hanging out because I didn't want to use the cane. And my girlfriend's like, we're just mm-hmm. going to bling it out and make it look pretty. And people will, you know, look at the bling instead of like looking at you walking weird. And I'm just like, okay. I don't want anyone to notice me, period. Right. One. If, yeah. No, but we do. The able body is what we should aspire to. And I'm not saying that I believe that, but that's what society tells us. Well, and a hyper able body, right? That's, yes. that's the thing of it. That's a lot of where my dysmorphia comes from, mm-hmm. right? And and so add to that the fact that the, the exercise regimen that I had adapted to previously, speaking of adaption, right that that there was no way that that whether i was in perfect health and balance whether i was able-bodied or not that maintaining that level of of dedication to physical work it is going to be sustainable not the kinds of things that i was doing right right and i was rewarded for that Mm -hmm. right in ways that encouraged me to keep doing it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. and got on that same cycle. And it's only here on this side of it. Again, thankful for MS. And I'm trying and and now I'm trying to accept the reality that I've come to understand that you can have good I- ideas or you can have good abs. <laughs> because yeah. there's not time to do both. Right. Yeah. Like if you can, you go do 500 sit-ups, you're going to read a book about your health and figure out what you need to do. Right. To continue to right. be as healthy as you can. Right. Those are two very, very, very different things. And one of those is aesthetic. Right. One of those is not about health, yes. about wellness. Right. It's about this aesthetic and it's about this false aesthetic. And one that even in African bodies that we might be able to achieve it would need to be in a system and indigenous bodies would need to be in systems that had decolonized diets, that had decolonized lives, that were not living under capitalism. But we are, right? Mm -hmm. And so what is this idea of trying to achieve this pinnacle that doesn't exist anyway, Mm-hmm. Right. And I know what it is. And letting go of it, you know, is part of why I have to be that, that hypercritical of it. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, OK, what is it that was that was dishealth? What was the imbalance in living in that way? Because there's imbalance there. And what I, does it mean yeah. to be able to live in health? Right. I love that. Like the pinnacle that doesn't exist. Like, who are we trying to be? So once right. you have decided, okay, I'm not going to resist, I will adapt, um, or I will adjust or accept, like, what comes next? What do you do? You know what I mean? Which, which stage do you go to? Like, where? You know, um, I think, like you said, Dana, you are aware because you want to be authentic. You want to be yeah. yourself. You know, I, this is who I am now. You know, yeah. um, I'm not hiding from it, which I did for many years. And yeah. I don't know if you guys have family members or not that kind of like my mother, I will say, um, God bless her. She'll, she would say, 
well, don't, if I would meet someone, for example, this was prior to me, you know, having a child or anything, I would go on a date, like, don't tell them you have MS. And it's like, well, who am I then? Like, what, who am I presenting mm. to the world? And why am I trying to, what am I trying to reach? Like, where am I trying to go? You know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's really, I, I think that that's the biggest thing for me, like being able to accept the fact that everything in my life has to be adjusted. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really does. It really does. Right. Like if you meet somebody and there's even a, 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 a chance of a feeling that you think that there could be a relationship that is worth investigating. Right. Mm-hmm. How can you do that and have MS if they don't know? Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, sometimes I'm just going to not, I'm just going to not, Right. I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to call you about it. I'm just going to not. Right. Yeah. I, maybe I forgot even. I might even be dressed. I might be doing something else because I forgot. I don't know. Because MS. And and if they don't know that that, Jesus, we were talking and I called Mylon Mylar <laughs> for 10 minutes. You know what I mean? I know the difference. You just, I didn't know the difference. That's a lie. You told me right before we started talking that my law is actually the stuff balloons are made out of. I forgot that. I don't know. How am I going to pretend? Right? Like, I, I, somebody tell them my, my, my law is missing. What if, what if I, I got to tell them I'm disabled. Of course, it's going to be problems. So do it's you see, that's, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Do you see yourself as disabled right now? Like, have yeah. you that? Okay. But okay. now, but, but, but that's the other part though, right? Because I can say it now, right? Mm. We talked about it before. Do I talk about it? I talk about it very openly, both in trainings mm. and in comedy I, I, and with anybody who I know, right? And um, I still haven't gotten my placard to park in the appropriate places that I need to because... Yeah. That would mean that I have a, a, a disabled placard, and that makes it super real. And that yes. Yes. yes, it does. Oh my gosh! Yes. When so I got mine, and scared. it says permanently disabled on it, I got it mail, I was like, "Wow, this is real!" And so yeah, I, and I, with you. I could take this with me anywhere in anyone's car. Yes, because I'm in it permanently. Right. Me, right? It's right. me. <laughs> I'm the problem. But how like, do you? Oh, I, shit. Exactly. And for someone like me who is like all spiritual and esoteric at times, I I feel like nothing is permanent. I live in this right. world of impermanence. So mm-hmm. how can I accept that word? Because I don't believe that everything is permanent. I really don't. But in this reality, in this realm, I have to mm-hmm. be this person. I have to be right. this woman. And I will act accordingly. You know, that's like the whole thing that I hate. I have MS, but MS doesn't have me. Yes, Uh it does have you. It has you. Right? Try to get up when you have a flare day and tell me that. Thank you. Yes. MS has you. It's so like that. Hold this heavy ass pot and tell me it don't got you. Let me see. Right. Yeah. I have MS, but MS doesn't. Yes, it does have you. Right. Shit. MS has me. 
even that hashtag I use MS Warrior, I'm like, I don't know, man. That was from when I was a, still like the same jerk who was like running marathons and thinking on the back, <laughs> I'm gonna write of my shirt. You're getting beat by a middle-aged man with MS, right? <laughs> like I'm that asshole. So I, I like now I'm like, dude, that's garbage. What you have no idea whether the disabilities are out there. You don't know what yeah. people are doing. Yeah. People might be running for their uncle or their auntie with MS. You don't know nothing, right? right? Yeah. I right. hear like, ah, you get beat by this old gray MS having, ugh, what an asshole. And now right. I can't even do it, right? I mean, maybe I could, I don't know. Like I, I, the last time I tried to really run, I got as far as 10 before I had a flare. And then I'm like back down to zero again, right? Mm -hmm. Like now I could run three. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know, but like, yeah, no, I know I'm not, I don't know, I don't know if I'm an MS warrior. I don't know what that is. Who am I at war with even? Like what? I don't have any weapons. The clip you are about to listen to is from episode 37 from our Beyond Montel Black Masculinity and MS series. And again, this was in season two. And it truly is, and I thank you for this, Carlos, truly is beyond Montel. It is. Because Carlos's voice is not a voice that we're going to be privileged to hear. That's right. As it relates to the MS story. Because you know it, what I mean? it goes back to what you were saying just a few moments ago. Who are you trying to prove? To society, what are you trying to prove to society? Who who right. are you who are you doing this for? And the face of MS for men has been Montel. And my and opinion, the right. rejection and the rejection right. of prior. And it's like, what are we doing? Exactly. What are we doing? Because exactly. to me, right? I mean, and especially knowing, especially living in a body that's impacted. I know what it means for him to have been sitting on that couch with Carson slurring through those interviews and telling mm -hmm. jokes about how his body won't respond to his thoughts, right? And exposing mm -hmm. that, right? I mean, Monta yeah. and, and again, not to lionize him for his lived behaviors and the vulnerability that he brought to the table, even in talking about his foul, foul life and the ways that he treated people in his life and the ways that he accounted for that, right? That is still a sign of bravery to me and something that I hold on to when I look Absolutely. at Richard Pryor's entire, the body of his life. This is an introspective That's person. Right. And the hangups around masculinity that Montel has are around the fucks to give. And and that push through, push through, drink yes. vegetable juice, just do it. I'm going to keep moving. Like, <laughs> God, well, yeah, I guess. No, I mean. It's horrible. Yeah, I, anyway. everything you're saying is yes. like so on point because the image that we get is he's this tough guy. And he's going on, you know, on TV, giving these interviews. And it's like, well, this is how I battle it here. Let me tell you my regimen. And it's like, okay, number one, financially, a lot of people can't afford to right. do that. That's like number one. 
Right. And number two, a lot of us don't have the background that you have and we aren't, you know, fortunate enough to, you know, be able to like get the supplements, get to have the trainers and do what, whatever, like, it's just, it's so frustrating. And then. Or live that level of regimented life. He does what works for him. He was a regimented person. He's a person right. of regiment. Exactly. He was a but, Marine. Right. but, and the, of course he broke right. like and, a Marine. But the thing about it and why that is so dangerous is because that is the voice of black MS. Yes. Black male MS. Yes. Montel. You know what yes. I'm saying? And it's gross because it's not a war with MS. I'm not at war yes, with my MS. Right. I'm not exactly. doing that. I'm not doing that. That's I'm right. not going to battle right. it. Like and you that's said, who, who are you fighting? Me. The hashtag exactly. MS warrior. Who are right. you fighting? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. It's me. It's not going yep. anywhere. I am it. This is well, it. Not- I am MS. I am black. I am mask. I am non-binary. I am, I am heterosexual. I'm right. all these mm-hmm. things. And the thing is, you know, Don, you were just saying, you know, and it's the truth. Not everyone has the resources and money to do all the things that Montel is doing to quote unquote battle his MS. But frankly, I might not want to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't want to do that. You know, like, I I don't have to do that. And if Montel is like this, um, you know, the standard of black male MS, like what you should aspire to. And his is the only voice that's out there. Um, I don't know. That's dangerous to me. It really shows us why representation matters. Yes. It's, it's irresponsible. And I would feel, I personally would feel irresponsible if we did not use this platform to highlight men like Carlos or people who have something to say of substance to say, look, no, I am, you know, to use our beyond MS, but I am I'm beyond my, Montel beyond <laughs> MS, but I'm beyond Montel. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and it, and, and more than voices, more than me, right. It's, it's about that. There's again, we, yes, are, a spectrum, yes. we are a full ecosystem of humans and a range of humans and every human, every body is beautiful because it is what it is. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And many of us have ailments and many of us have this one. And that is part of what makes us beautiful because we are privy to special shit that other people don't know anything about. Yeah. Right? Who who, who are you going to have this conversation with? You can't talk about this with people who don't have MS. Mm -hmm. This wouldn't even make sense. I mean, you know, I don't know. People are listen and i hope maybe it makes sense and 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 great okay but then but then that's tangential right because the conversation couldn't happen if it's not happening between people who share again a cultural common experience and it's a culture born of what so many paint as a misfortune and certainly it's a pain Mm. in the ass and certainly it hurts a lot sometimes nobody Mm. likes that piece of it right but would, I don't know that I would be willing to say that I would trade that for the opportunity to have had this kind of a conversation with y'all. I don't know that I would trade that. The clip you are about to listen to is from episode 44, and it features Sonia Renee Taylor, 
And this is actually the episode that she mentions in the second edition of her book, The Body's Not an Apology. And this is in season two. I, you know, I wish I had known a little bit of that when I jumped into it, because I'll tell you the truth. I was on a plane, girl, and I was busting out in tears on a flight to New Orleans, completely (laughs) unprepared to have to see myself and to be so seen. And so honestly, I, you know, again, I, I think that you're in conversation with readers in a way that is uh, to the soul. Do you know it is yes. it is fighting for space in the mind, in the soul, and again, in the body and in the reclamation of the body. And, uh, you know, the tool of examination that you provide is, is, is astounding. So congratulations again for that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That was my heart. My heart was, I want people to read this and just feel like they're talking, like we are having a conversation about right. you know, how we move through this world in these bodies. Um, and I wanted folks to feel that way. So it makes, yeah, it makes me really happy that that was the experience. Sorry, it hijacked you a little. but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> sorry, not sorry is really what right. I mean. Sorry, not right. sorry. Right, right. Yeah, thank you. Digressing a little bit, um, it wasn't until this morning that I actually watched you perform the poem. Mm. And I am like still getting myself together after watching that. I mean, I was and I'm still in tears after hearing that. It's so powerful. You know, I think it's just kind of like a mantra that everybody needs to hear every morning. I don't know. It, it's it's just so powerful. So thank thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Thank you. It's so interesting. You know, it's it's fascinating to me because there are ways in which the book is very, you know, people read this book have no idea that I'm a poet or that it came from a poem. Right. Sometimes folks don't even know that there's like an entire company behind the work and the company came from right. and You know, and so it's it's cool to watch people put the pieces together. Like, oh, that's, oh, that's connected to that. Oh. Right. <laughs> and then sort of fall into the wormhole of the body is not an apology. Mm. Yes. Yes. So you're saying, uh, as you said, the, the, the book evolved from the poem. You talked in the book a bit about the origin of the poem. Could you talk to, to our listeners about that a bit? How, how did this all come to be for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I I would even say the book came from the work. The work came from the poem. Uh, Okay. Okay. uh, Okay. Yeah. So back in 2009, um, my background uh, historically is as a performance poet. Um, And so I participated in Poetry Slam and toured the world as a performance poet. And um, I was at a slam in Tennessee uh, with a friend and whole team. And my friend was having a conversation with me um, about uh, a a fear of having an unintended pregnancy. Um, And this friend, this friend has cerebral palsy. Mm. And uh, I'm, I'm a nosy person, uh, nosy from a place of, I'm a Scorpio is the best way to say that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I want to know all about your insides. I want to dig inside and get all in the, you know, guts of things. (laughs) Yeah, got to so, get into the exoskeleton. 
<laughs> you know, yeah, you got to get into the exoskeleton. Um, and so when she shared with me that she was afraid of this unintended pregnancy, and I knew that it was a casual partner and not anybody she was in a deep relationship with, I asked her why, why she decided to have unprotected sex with this casual partner. Mm. And I think, I think I was able to ask that question in a way that didn't feel like judgment, but just felt like mm-hmm. genuine, authentic curiosity and care. Um, and so because of that, she answered me in a very honest way. And she said that her disability made sex difficult. And so she didn't feel entitled to ask this person to use a condom. And the, you know, I like to say that in that conversation, three things were present, radical honesty, radical empathy, and radical vulnerability. And Mm. those three things opened something. I like to call it a transformational portal, a moment where, where we operate in a way that is so different from the way we have historically operated that we alter space and time, that we create a brand new Mm -hmm. thing in that moment. And, um, she on so she answered me very honestly, and I said to her, from the most non, it wasn't from me. It was only through me. Yeah. I said to mm-hmm. her, "Your body is not an apology. It's not something you mm-hmm. offer to someone to say sorry for my disability." The clip you were about to listen to is from episode sixty-eight, which was a part of our first intimacy series. That part, intimacy and MS. And this was in season three. What are your thoughts, Carlos? Yeah, in terms of the the evolution of my own sexuality with MS, it it very much parallels uh, my evolving sexuality with age, right? And Mm -hmm. both of those, I think, are about evolution. about growth, about trust, and um, most importantly, about acceptance, right? Because as was uh, said earlier, it is really, it can take time to find a way to find your sexy when your partner knows that you messed yourself, right? That you Mm -hmm. shat on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And then to try to feel sexy with that person is is at times uh a challenge and and as was was talked about before it gets into the head games that we play with ourselves right in terms of why would this person want me do i deserve to be with somebody right now uh what is sexy about me what is what is what you know and 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 as was mentioned before it's not really about at that point, your partner, it's about what you're mm-hmm. telling yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's the whole second level of what your physical needs are, right? Um, I cannot use my left arm the, the ways that I have in the past. I uh, We need to be on this side or that side, right? It, uh, mm-hmm. As y'all were talking about, positionality matters more. Um, you know, absolutely, uh, uh, the idea of, um, shower sex sounds brilliant, but if my balance is off that day, that's not really mm-hmm. a good idea unless we trying to have, right. uh, you know, all mm-hmm. sorts of other issues. Right. Right. Um, you know, we, we 
having to restrict ourselves to the bed for our own safety, right? For my safety, um, becomes a, becomes a whole nother thing and another evolution. And combine that with age in, in terms of the like, yeah, I don't know if we really need to be on the floor. That's kind of nasty. That's where feet go. So that doesn't feel as, as sexy as it did in the past anyway. Right. right. Uh, so there is an evolution, right? We, we as adults who in particular past your forties into your forties, as your skin is loosening and softening as the uh, natural fragrances that emit from your body are deepening and, and uh, reflecting the fact that, that we've been walking this earth for as long as we have. Right. That is honest. And to be in a position where you find a partner who embraces those realities with you. Right. right. Because it is it is or partners, if that's mm-hmm. the way that you swing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, who embrace that reality with you and who are not there for the kink shaming, who are not there for the uh, uh, move away from what is real and what is natural for you that will that will de facto include your ms right because right. it's because it's part of you so to to get to the very long uh uh end of the plank with with you know with the walk that i just took absolutely it your ms and your diagnosis will impact your sex life, right? Any diagnosis that says you have a chronic condition, right? That takes weeks, months, if not years to absorb into your psyche. Mm -hmm. And so to get to a place where you can accept and love yourself fully before you can allow somebody to love you fully, right? And and it just takes that vulnerability. And again, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that conversation. Yes. Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Myelin Melanin. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.